0: You're listening to the Vineyard Community Church Podcast with Pastor Rick Francis. For more information, visit vccmountcomfort.org. After the Sabbath at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. That's a pretty cool angel, I think. Do your work, then sit on top of the stone. Yeah. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen. Just as he said, come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples he has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. Let's pray. There's nothing more glorious, Father, than the written record of the resurrection of your Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. When we just read the story, our hearts leap with joy. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for the way you move upon our hearts. The things that you want to bring to us today, we want to receive. So give us ears to hear what you're saying to the church. Give us hearts to receive it. Give us faith to believe it. Give us bodies to live it. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. For many years I have preached on the resurrection. It's one of my favorites. When, when we look at the gospel record and the account of what occurs with Jesus Christ on resurrection morn, uh, do, do you still have questions that you're, you're waiting to get to heaven? Ask, say, now, how does this coincide with what this gospel writer says? And how does, it, what was, uh, were they seeing two different things? Were there different frame of references? What, what was going on? The, the holy curiosity behind just seeing the miracle of resurrection. Can you imagine? Up until then, Lazarus and the ones that Jesus resurrected, the son, that he, the widow, the, those are the only resurrections that are recorded, recorded. Once you die, you are dead. But Jesus rose on the third day. Mm. I love it. The, the verse that we're looking at in our, in our series this morning is coming from Romans. And it's, it's just an incredible verse about how the Holy Spirit was the very agent that was used when he raised Jesus from the dead. It was the power of the Holy Spirit. So if we want to look at the Holy Spirit. We've, we started last Pentecost, looking at the Holy Spirit, and now we've gone almost the whole year around looking through the book of Acts and looking at the activities of the early believers and the dynamic of the Holy Spirit in their life, and, and now as we get ready for Easter, our, our Vineyard National has come up with a series that takes us from Easter to Pentecost. So for the next eight weeks, we're going to be looking at the dynamic of the Holy Spirit, and I thought, wow, this is... This is just perfect. Many of us, we, we think of the Holy Spirit and we usually c- kick in with the Holy Spirit at Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. But the Holy Spirit is way active in the scriptures, way before Acts chapter 2. We find that the Holy Spirit is there in creation. In Genesis 1.1, 1, 1, it says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Now, I don't know what kind of picture, what kind of image comes to your mind when you think of the Holy Spirit hovering over the waters. But for a long time, I just thought of a nice, peaceful lake that the Holy Spirit's hovering over. Until this year. And now I see probably more accurately, the Holy Spirit was, was hovering over the waters that was, was kind of like that perfect storm when you've got three systems coming in and there's just utter chaos taking place. And it's a violent, it's a violent water that the Holy Spirit comes and hovers over. And as the Holy Spirit covers over this chaotic darkness over the waters, we find that then God the Father speaks, and He says, "Let there be light." And the agency of the Holy Spirit goes into work, and there is light, and it is good. So, Holy Spirit is active in creation. Matter of fact, some have said that the Holy Spirit, when God wants something to get done, the Holy Spirit's the, the means by which He gets everything done. He gets it done. Some of you with choleric temperaments will really, really like that. So let's see if we can uh, embrace that side of the Holy Spirit because he, he gets the things of God accomplished. Then we find the Holy Spirit and Jesus. We find the Holy Spirit in Jesus. He's with Jesus at his birth. Mary's told that she will, she will give birth to the Messiah. And it says, in the, and the Holy Spirit hovered and came upon Mary and she conceived. Hmm. At his baptism, as Jesus lived his early days and he comes to the point where he's ready to inaugurate his ministry, he gets baptized by John the Baptist. And while he comes up out of the water, the Holy Spirit in the form of a dove comes and lights upon him. And the voice from heaven says, you are my beloved son. And with you, I'm well pleased. Holy Spirit is right there at Jesus' baptism. Because we understand that to be born again, we all get born in the natural. But to be born again, we have to be born and birthed from above by the Spirit. And so we see the Holy Spirit right there with Jesus. And then as Jesus goes through the 40 days of wilderness temptation, we find that afterwards the angels minister to him. And Luke records in chapter 4 that as he comes out of the desert, as he comes out of the wilderness, he is anointed. And the Spirit of the Lord is upon him. And that there is now power to heal. And as he goes into the towns of Galilee and as he goes into the villages and he takes the, the Scripture, the scroll, the Holy Scroll, and he reads from Isaiah 61, he says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And he fulfills everything that Isaiah the prophet had prophesied long ago about the Messiah, that he'll heal the brokenhearted. (laughs) He'll bring good news to the poor. He includes all people. (laughs) He brings deliverance for those who are captive. He opens prison doors to the prisoner, to the one who has found themselves hopelessly imprisoned, The Lord Jesus is your way out. I don't know where you are right now today. You may be facing some things in your life that you just say, I am stuck here and I will be stuck here until the day I die. I don't have enough soul power. I don't have enough willpower. I can't get over this one thing. Don't you wish it was just one? Mm -hmm. But a lot of times that's what we focus on. We focus on the one thing that is the, the most difficult And the proclamation of the good news on Resurrection Sunday is that because Jesus rose from the dead, he has the power to open every prison door that tries to make you a captive. Wherever the evil and the darkness of this world has tried to get you uh, contained, restricted, confined, Jesus is the one who opens those doors. Hallelujah. Hmm. That's good preaching, dude. Keep it <laughs> on. Uh-huh. The Holy Spirit and the resurrection. When you think of the Holy Spirit and Jesus, you got to climax with the resurrection. And here's Romans eight eleven: The Spirit of God, Holy Spirit, who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as he raised Christ from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit living within you. Ooh. Where's the Holy Spirit? He's right there within. He's in you. The Holy Spirit in you, <laughs> Paul goes on to teach and. 1 Corinthians, he says, don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit lives in you? Okay, Jesus said it. Paul says it. He lives in you. In 619, it says, do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? Who is in you? Where is he? Look to your neighbor and say, he's in you. He's in you. Mm Mm-hmm. Whom you have received from God, you are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. Uh-huh. So what's, what's the deal here? Yeah. If, if you've ever asked Jesus to forgive you of your sins and to come into your, your heart, and you believe that on the third day God raised him from the dead, that he is the perfect sacrifice that makes absolute atonement for all sin, yours, everyone else's, past, present, and future, and you personally apprehend that, you personally place your faith in that, then the Holy Spirit lives in you. The Holy Spirit lives in you. Now, here's what I found. There's a whole lot to him living inside me. Matter of fact, he lived inside me for a long time before I even knew he was there. Matter of fact, I had no clue what he could do. He was living inside me, and then all of a sudden he started revealing through the scriptures who he was and what he could do. And what Jesus intended for him and me to network together toward that there is a bond, that there is a fusion with Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit, that the very power that raised Jesus from the dead came in and raised me from my personal state of death. Oh, I was still alive. I was still eating. I was still playing basketball. But inside I was dead. Until he came in and resurrected And this walk with the Holy Spirit that we'll be looking at for the next eight weeks is so amazing because he continues to reveal and unfold and make the glory of Jesus known to me. (laughs) That's what Jesus says in John 14 through 16. He just talks about the Holy Spirit is going to come. And he's going to take that which belongs to Jesus, that which is Jesus's, and he's going to bring it to remembrance. Anybody ever need to be reminded of anything? Yeah. Aren't you glad you got the Holy Spirit that will bring it to remembrance? All that Jesus said and did. He is the very one of the, of the three of the Godhead. He is the one who is now functioning in the earth to bring glory to Jesus in an ever-increasing way in our lives oh he's he's not an experience he's not an it he's not a doctrine he's a person he's a person that wants to have a relationship with us and you're saying come on Rick pastor don't you know this is this is Easter this is resurrection we're just supposed to talk about Jesus right on listen when you talk about the Holy Spirit you're talking about Jesus You're talking about the one who makes Jesus more real than we ever knew he could be. Jesus, Holy Spirit. And Jesus says, I I go to the Father to send another one just like me. And he will be with you. He won't be limited to the confines of a physical, natural body. But my spirit will be released upon the earth. And we find that when the Holy Spirit is released upon the earth then we all get to experience Jesus. While he was on the earth, I believe Jesus carried a great, great, great anointing. I think he could probably be way away from Jesus and yet the effect of Jesus's presence would still have an impact on you. You know, we see in the scriptures that even on believers who have, have, have had faith and embrace the glory of the Lord as they would walk by, they say Peter's shadow would bring healing to broken people as they just had the shadow fall on him. And I believe Jesus was much greater than, than Peter's. But he was still restricted to a, a definite locale. Now the Holy Spirit is never restricted. Now the Holy Spirit, as we realize that he's inside of us to glorify Jesus and to bring Jesus to full life in our lives, we realize that huh, everywhere I go, the presence of Jesus is going. Because the Holy Spirit lives in me and he's releasing the love and the favor of the Father, Son, and of himself everywhere I go. So now we see the body of Christ, the church, the believer, is now carrying the Christ everywhere they go. The power of resurrection flows through us. Well, have you ever heard of Eugene Peterson and his translation of the New Testament, well, the whole Bible, really, called the Message? We're going to look at Romans 8 so we can get the context of this glorious verse that we're looking at this morning. Beginning at verse 1, you probably can just follow on the screen because uh, the way he translates, you'll get lost. Because he, he translates in paragraphs. So here we go. With the arrival of Jesus the Messiah, that fateful dilemma is resolved. Those who enter into Christ being here for us no longer have to live under a continuous low-lying black cloud. Translation. There's no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. Mm, No condemnation. That's the low-lying black cloud of condemnation and shame. New power is in operation. The spirit of life in Christ, like a strong wind, has magnificently cleared the air, freeing you of a faded lifetime of brutal tyranny at the hands of sin and death. God went for the jugular when he sent his own son. He didn't deal with the problem as something remote and unimportant. In his son, Jesus, he personally took on the human condition, entered the disordered mess of struggling humanity in order to set it right once and for all. Hallelujah. The law code weakened as it always was by fractured human nature, could never have done that. The law always ends up being used as a band-aid on sin instead of a deep healing of it. Now what the law code asked for, but we couldn't deliver, is accomplished as we, instead of redoubling our own efforts, simply embrace what the Spirit is doing in us. Those who think they can do it on their own end up obsessed with measuring their own moral muscle but never get around to exercising it in real life. You know those guys, the bodybuilders that constantly just looking at their body, they never lift anything. You know, they, they get the steroids, they do all the protein stuff, they get, and they get these massive bodies and these huge muscles, but they never exercise them in a way that matters for humanity or for themselves. Okay, those who trust God's action in them find that God's spirit is in them, living and breathing God. Obsession with self in these matters is a dead end. Attention to God leads us out into the open, into a spacious, free life. Focusing on the self is the opposite of focusing on God. Anyone completely absorbed in self ignores God, ends up thinking more about self than God. That person ignores who God is and what he is doing, and God isn't pleased at being ignored. But if God himself has taken up residence in your life, you can hardly be thinking more of yourself than of him. Anyone, of course, who has not welcomed this invisible but clearly present God, the Spirit of Christ, won't know what we're talking about. But for you who welcome him, in whom he dwells, even though you still experience all the limitations of sin, You yourself experience life on God's terms. It stands to reason, doesn't it, that if the alive and present God who raised Jesus from the dead moves in your life, he'll do the same thing in you that he did in Jesus, bringing you alive to himself. When God lives and breathes in you, and he does, as surely as he did in Jesus, you are delivered from that dead life with his spirit living in you your body will become alive as Christ right on. alive as Christ Hallelujah. wow we've prayed we've come to that place where we were aware of our sinfulness we realized that we were not measuring up that's what the law shows us that we're failing huh. And then we discovered that Jesus is the answer to all that the law has put before us that we could never measure up to. And Jesus forgives us. Mm-hmm. Jesus measures up to the law perfectly. He never sinned, He experienced everything that we experience, and He never sinned. And that's why He had to die. He had to go through the painful agony of suffering a horrendous death, to show us how we too can go through such horrible things, such deep suffering with him. Thankfully, we don't pay for each other's sins. Our sins have been paid for once and for all in the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So you believe the truth, you believe the gospel, you've been forgiven, you've been birthed by the Spirit. The Spirit lives in you at whatever level of awareness we are of Him. But the thing that I was just kind of impregnated with this morning was the the reality that He wants to live with a greater awareness of His presence in you. He wants you to know that He lives in you. And that he loves you. And that he wants to lead and guide. Jesus said that the the comforter will come to us. And will lead us. And will bring guidance to us. He also empowers us. With the very resurrection power. That he used to raise Jesus from the dead. He will activate in us and through us. Now you're probably saying, well you... You were doing pretty good till you got to that point. Now I think you're just a little nuts. You know, it's true. I may be nuts, but it, it's true. It's true nonetheless. Resurrection power can flow in and through you, it's not only there to forgive you of your sins and to cleanse you and to get you over addictions and over different dynamics of darkness in our lives. But resurrection power wants to be released to you in a positive way, not just take care of the negative stuff, but to go beyond just yourself to those around you and to be released in the earth in a sign, in a wonder, in a miraculous event to bring glory to the risen Lord. So, you are as alive as Christ is today because the spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And where that spirit lives, there is faith. There is faith. If you don't know Jesus, today's a great day to know Jesus. Get to know him, to start your relationship with him. Why? Because there is so much faith in this room right now because of the Holy Spirit's presence and what he's doing, he's hovering over us. And some of us are like a peaceful pond. And some of us are like a tumultuous storm, a squall (laughs) that is just going crazy. And you might be counting the minutes and say, when is this bald dude going to get done? Because of of the agony that could be sitting. No, the Holy Spirit is hovering because he wants to bring God's purpose out of our chaos. He wants to release the peace of God in the midst of all our torment. He wants to bring the glory of Jesus in a more real way than we've ever known. And for us to leave without allowing him the opportunity to do that would be a a, a big mistake. A huge missed opportunity. And my Heart is that no one would leave today without allowing the Spirit of the living God that raised Jesus from the dead access to your heart, to your body, to your mind, to your soul, to your will, to your emotions, Amen. to all of you. And let Him do what only He can do. Ah. When the Spirit is present, there is great boldness. Sometimes we can't even face what's troubling us because we've learned a system of denial. We've learned a system of, of shoving it under the carpet. We, we've ignored it. We've got all of these little techniques that we use to keep it contained and on the outside. But when the spirit of the Lord is present, there's freedom and liberty to face the unfaceable because you're not alone when you face the deepest, darkest stuff. He is present and his love and his light is there. (laughs) I'll never forget, you know, I preach on love and I I preach on light and I preach on truth and I was scared to death of light and truth. I thought they were going to come and the whole purpose of light and truth was to expose me, to expose those hidden parts of my life that were, were, not seen by others, but I knew it was seen by God. And I knew if I, if I embraced light and truth, the gig would be up. I would be found, I would be seen, I would be exposed. And one time it was so present, the, the spirit of the living God was so present, I allowed light and truth, and I I braced myself for the shame that I was about to experience. And to my surprise, the light and the truth were not sent to shame me. The light and the truth were sent by God, by his spirit, to lead me into his presence. Light and truth is never to expose you in a shameful way Light and truth always comes to us so that we might know the love of our Father, that we might know the love of the bridegroom as his bride, that we might know the love of the Holy Spirit who indwells in us as his temple, that we would know the oneness fused with the living God. There's power. When the Spirit of the Lord is there, there is power. Raising Jesus from dead to life, he was really dead, folks. And now he's alive forever and ever. There is power over sin. There's power over sickness. There's power over disease. There's power over addictions. There's power over everything that tries to make us powerless everything that that attaches itself from the kingdom of darkness that just tries to suck the power out of us, drain life out of us, skew our perceptions, there is power. There is power to deal with that stuff. Oh, I love you, Jesus. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, Oh, that's a a conditional statement. If, if, make it so. Say, Jesus, I give you permission right now to come in and dwell in me. He who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies. Oh, I love that. He's going to give life to your mortal bodies. That's talking about this little pudgy thing. With no hair. He's going to give life to it. Oh man, I am so glad that he gives life to it. As I'm 64 now, I feel like I'm about 30. When the Holy Spirit comes, man, there, there is life. And, and, and it comes to our mortal bodies. That's one of the reasons why in the church we pray for one another. That we might be healed. Because the resurrection power releases life In our mortal bodies. Anybody got anything going on? From a hangnail to a headache? To cancer? In your mortal bodies, the spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. And he's more than enough to realign every cell in your body and get it to behave the way it's supposed to behave. I believe that. And if you have an issue that is in your body, we want to pray for you today. Would you give us the honor of practicing releasing the spirit that raised Jesus from the dead? You would honor us if you'd let us pray for you today. We'd be so blessed, so honored to do that. Through his spirit who dwells in you. Oh. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit, live large in me. Live large in the church. Live large in every believer. Cause us to know the fullness of the power. May, may our skewed perceptions of who you are today be on notice that we will allow you to teach us who you are. We will allow you to reveal yourself to us So that we can know you in a way that somebody can't talk us out of it. They talked us into believing that you could do this. And we hoped you could do this. But now you teach us. And you reveal yourself to us. And because of that, we believe you. And lastly, let's get ready for the next surprise that the Holy Spirit has for you. What's he going to do next? He raised Jesus from the dead. He raised me from sin and darkness. He's placed his love and his life in me. I wonder what's next. Ah, oh, get ready. I used to say fasten your seatbelts, but I find out in the kingdom that you don't fasten your seatbelts. You unfasten your (laughs) seatbelts. Because where he's taking you, you don't want to (laughs) be attached to something because he's taking us someplace glorious. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for your love. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your perfect sacrifice for us. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you have come to live large among us that there is resurrection power here today because we assemble ourselves in the name of Jesus. And by faith as believers, we say, let your kingdom come and let your will be done. And so we say, let there be a release of holy power in this place, freeing us from the things that we never thought we could be free of. Freeing us from the things that we've been delusional about And we thought that we're in control of freeing us to know the goodness of the Lord Jesus in the land of the living. And so we say, Lord, we love you. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To receive more audio content from The Vineyard, click the subscribe button in iTunes.